0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the cathedral of sport podcast hosted by me ash and i'm joined once more by the man who racks up 271 pound bar bills for fun it's the right Reverend Bobby love Bob. how's yourself mate and would you care to explain to our listeners about the above mentioned drinking session pal
1: um all I'll say is that we took full advantage of uh, the pubs closing in our regional lockdown and that's about as far as I'm going to go with that story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, mate. It's, it's got to be done, it's got to be done. Right folks, you're in for a treat tonight as we'd like to welcome onto the show former Hearts player turned Scottish non-league goal machine and muscle leg legend Matty King. This show has again been kindly sponsored by Muscle leg chairman Carl Cleckhorn. Carl, you've done... So much for us, mate. Thank you very much. Matty, welcome to the show. How are you? How are things going? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. Not uh, a problem it's at A little bit disappointing that Bob never invited
2: me on that session. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Non-league footballers, people. There you go. <laughs> right. uh, uh, profes- yeah.
2: <laughs> professionals now, actually, apparently. Yeah? <laughs> well, that's why we're still allowed to play. You're now professionals.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Oh yeah, Bob, why wasn't I allowed on that drinking session? Where's my invite? It was a private session. Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> Always is. Oh, Jesus. Hey, right, mate. as with every guest, take us all the way back, mate, and give our listeners just a little insight as to where you grew up and your first memories playing competitive football as a kid.
2: Um, well, I grew up at Craig and Tinney, eh, just about five minutes up the road from Musselburgh, actually in Edinburgh, so... I went to St. John's Primary School and that's where it all started, just from primary one basically, playing about with my pals in the playground and then the school teams and then Portobello, Thistle, Hutchison Vale, teams like that, and it just sort of spiraled from there. Uh-huh. Uh, your usual nonsense, you going down to the pits at Portobello, your, your mum's looking for you, your dad's looking for you, everybody's looking for you, but they'll always find you at the pits.
0: <laughs> I play oh well, I used to play down there regularly, mate, uh five aside. I'm I'm crap, by the way. <laughs> I I'm about about five minutes in, I'm gas. So uh I, honestly mate. Oh, that sounds familiar these days. <laughs> <laughs> Too much beer and fags for me, mate. Uh, it's the age, it'll be age as well.
1: <laughs> Fortunately I was never a football player, so I've not got anything to blame. Um <laughs> Uh, you were saying that you, you played at school level, um, you've obviously moved up to youth level and boys clubs and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, give, us a, give us a wee bit about kind of, what boys clubs you played for and then obviously after that you, you sang for
2: Hearts. How did that come about? It started at the Hutchison Vale um, Kids School up at Fords Road. I went up there they just with a boy from school, John Michael Murray, who's actually sadly passed away now. Um, so me, him and there was another boy, Mark Connor, from school, went up as well. And Mark's granddad was Pat Stanton, so he actually took the sessions, him and Tam Smith. So we just went on there every Monday. And then there was, as you got sort of picked from the 7 aside side kind of things, and 11 aside, side, it was Tam Smith, and then Malky Thompson was our manager. Um, Kevin Thompson was also in that team. So it was really good, actually, a good grounding. Um, From Hutchie, I went to Celtic Boys Club, and that was more local. We played at the Jack Kane. So it was perfect for me just turned ten minutes up the road. From there it was to um Hibbs Youth Initiative and then Hearts Youth Initiative and just stepped in from the Youth, youth Initiative into the, the youth team at Hearts. Signed a two year contract there in two thousand and one. It,
0: it, it amazes me how uh, Celtic have got their claws in, in every town, village and city in Scotland. I, yeah. I, 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 I I I honestly never thought that there'd be a Celtic boys' club in Edinburgh. Honestly, that's yeah. the first I I've heard about that. So, you've uh, given nah, me a bit was... of knowledge I never, never knew.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was actually a really good team there as well. We had Darren Fletcher was in that team, Chris King, Stephen Gray. He was another great player. Uh, there was uh, there was a lot of good
0: players there. So you were signed by, was it was it Craig Levine at Hearts, Matty? It, it was Craig Levine. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? How was how was life like under under Craig Levine? I know he's had a bit of stick from, uh, including myself. I'll admit that. <laughs> um, in the last few years, but back then, he you know, he, he wasn't getting that much stick, was he? No. So, he's no, quite, quite... Sorry, carry on. No, 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 no. you carry on, mate. No, no. He
2: actually done really well at Hearts, to be honest, the first time round, anyway. Um yeah. He's a big commanding guy, so he always got respect of everybody, regardless of who you were, Um but obviously the, the latter stages, I got a bit sour when he left, and then obviously I came back and... The fans are not happy at all with them nowadays, but
0: these things happen in football yeah definitely mate definitely um it's 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 funny how football football fans can be quite fickle at times, and you know your flavor of the month one second, and then the next minute you're just you know you're nothing you're you're at the aye, door and you i yep. Mate, we we all we all do it football fans we we turn at the drop of a hat- change like the wind that's their right, though uh, they've got the right to do that, they pay the money so yeah, fair enough. It's, it's, it's a player admits that.
2: <laughs> oh, I definitely... They're the one probably paying the wages for all these higher-grade players anyway, so...
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, Obviously, you said that you had a, you had a two-year deal at House, am I? Um, yeah. what, what was it like going from boys' club into full-time football?
2: Um, strange, because obviously I went straight from school, so I've never had a job, really. So I've just went from playing football with my pals, down the pits, etc., to then doing it every single day. And like every other job, it got kind of monotonous. But you're doing something you love, so you're enjoying it.
0: According to our research, mate, and a yep. and a, a little Google about your past, mate, <laughs> um, in football, because I've, I've I've only known you from from Musselburgh and and, uh, and from Hearts. Um, you, you did make another stop after Hearts, didn't you? Before before Muslbra, or a couple of stops. I mean, two. So, I... Yeah. So, do you want to just uh, tell our listeners just a little bit about getting released by Hearts and what what it felt like and then moving on to Forfa, which I believe was your next stop, um, and then our Broth. Yeah. And if you, can also, yeah, if you can also tell our listeners as well, uh, who was the best at, at that level, coach or manager that you played around at that level of the game or played under at that level of the game?
2: Yeah. After the initial two-year deal, I signed another year after that um, as an actual pro. So, I wasn't a youth anymore. I was a pro. In um, the last six months of that, I went on loan to Forfar because well, I wasn't really breaking out into the team at Hearts, so they gave me six months to go out and play at Forfar, And that was a great club, brilliant, loved out there. Um, it was really, really good. So, following the release for Hearts, I just naturally signed up there for a year. Um, and that oh, was great, loved it at forfar such a family club, really nice, great people. And a maniac, a kit man, who would do anything for you, but... Uh, it, was, it was really good up there. Yeah, um, so I spent a year there, and then went up the road further to Arbroath, and that's where it kind of went a wee bit pear shaped for me because the first game, the first um, competitive game we had, I'd done my ACL, so that was me for basically that season. But at the time, we never had a physio, so there was nobody really to look after me, so I was kind of guessing what was wrong with myself, basically. Um, so the manager never really helped at that point, but he was sacked within a few months. And then John McLaughlin came in as manager and he was brilliant. He was a great manager, a great guy as well. And again, somebody else who's sadly passed away, far too young. Um, but he, he looked after me. He got me sorted, got the operation and what have you, and just told me, stick in. And well, no, if you want to come back here, come back here. But I thought, nah, I'm done with the travelling. And that's when Davy McLean got his claws into me and never stopped texting. So I signed down at Musselburgh.
1: Um, can I ask you? You said that you had quite a bad injury. Can you give mm-hmm. the listeners a bit insight what what it's like? Because I think like they'll see things like all oh, or nothing, and they get all these big, nice, lovely sports science looking places. But what's it like for someone a bit further down the divisions?
2: Well, for me, as I said, there was no physio, so I had nothing. Um, I done it on the Saturday. Drove home from broth, and I was basically just in my house icing my knee myself. Um, I would go to training the Tuesday or Thursday but there'd be nobody there to do anything with me so I'd just be hobbling about trying to stretch things hope that it would be alright start doing a couple of runs it would be alright running straight I couldn't turn You'd, then you knew, sort of knew there was something wrong with it. So when the new manager came in he tried to get everything sorted so he, he arranged for a, a scan. So he had dodgy knees throughout his career so me and him we travelling up to Aberdeen on a Tuesday night, going in the back door of university to get a, a half price scan, I would imagine I think it was. So we got that scan. I got that done. Went back down to... Uh, <laughs> I called the guy a vet because I don't think he knew what he was doing. I, said, <laughs> I showed him the scan and he, he's like, oh, no, you're fine. Your ACL's there. You're fine. On you go. Get back to training, playing. So I tried it and um, I played a few games. Went up for a header down at Berwick, and he just buckled. So I took the same scan to a different surgeon, and he told me there was no ACL in that scan. So this the vet, he's looked at it saying I'm fine, but another guy saying no, there's nothing in that. So I really shouldn't have been doing anything. I should have been straight from an operation basically.
0: So cr- with having, sorry, no. So it's, 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 it's about to say it's crazy how, how things can change so quickly.
2: Ah, oh, it's but- mental me. Aye, so, so there was nobody obviously look after me. So I'm just it's just a guessing game really
0: for me. Right. Like, um cause as football being such a cutthroat industry as well um things like that that can just change at, at the click yeah. of a button it's yeah. and, and change a, a player's career a promising player's career it's uh it's sad to see it it's it's such a common story as well uh, around the world it's you know some so many good players that have that could have played at that level or maintained that level and that standard or, or yeah gone back. Gone out on loan like like yourself, and then probably maybe work their way back to a uh, to the top division, but they've just not been able to because of injury. But you yeah. you know, there's light at the every light sorry at the end of every tunnel, May. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You joined Musselburgh in the late two thousands. What was the uh, transition like at first into non league football? Was it an enjoyable experience for you? Or did it, did it take a bit of time to adapt? Um, was there that uh, is there that much of a gap between sort of you know sort of our bro forfa and what, what would be the juniors at the time, which the juniors are a very good standard to our listeners around the UK that don't know. Yeah. Is.
2: There, there, was, there was probably a bit difference back then. Um, obviously, nowadays there's not because you've got a lot of people coming down they there just wanting to play in sort of level. Um, but no, initially when I came down, I was, I was still injured. So while the boys were down at Fisher Road Training, I was standing at the side myself with a couple of cones trying to do running, jumping, making sure my knee wouldn't buckle again. So, I was basically running running about fish a fisher row on a cold Tuesday, Thursday night on my own, whilst they were all having a laugh, shooting, playing games, what have you. They would go to the games on Saturdays and I'd just be sitting there having to watch because I couldn't really take part until, I think I was maybe about six months like that, um, still half injured, half not injured, and then Davy sort of tried to get me back in and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. If it goes, it goes. And that was that, basically. Yeah. Thankfully, it's no went since, so... And I've
1: been all
2: right. <laughs> um, so, so after that kind that, that
1: six months, and you got yourself into the team. How how did you manage to kind of go from there? Obviously, you said your knee was fine. Was there any reservations about the knee, or was it just simply, "Boof, I'm just going to go for it"? and it Doesn't make a difference.
2: Yeah, the the latter. Um, <laughs> it was either do it or you're not going to do it, really. And you can't have something like that hold you back, or you're, you're as well sitting in the house. To be honest with you, There's, if you're
0: scared to do something, then what's the point I'm going outside? Yeah, good point, mate. <laughs> um, a lot of people with uh, you know sort of anxiety issues and stuff like that. If you if you listen to what Matty just said, it can it can be done if you sh- if you just you know just just do it. You know, I know it's I know it's hard for us to sit here and go and and just say that, you know, but. If you've got a dream and you and you want to do something, just do it. If if it fails, at least you've tried, Matty. Yeah, definitely. Musselburgh. I've been to Scottish Junior Cup final since you've you've been at the club, which is a massive achievement. Tell our, tell our listeners what that meant to you after the disappointment of being, you know, sort of released by Hearts and to be to be playing in front of a a really decent sized crowd in a big stadium. I never really had any concept of the Junior
2: Cup when I first uh, came to Muscle, Bro. But oh that that year, the two thousand eleven season, that was unbelievable. Um the first I think we were we were way up in forest for the first game. And you're thinking, oh, we're a million miles for it, it was always rugby park was the final. You kind you kinda knew that. So we were we were up in forest and we're thinking, nah, no chance. So we've just uh ah, whatever, boys, we'll try, we'll win the games, we'll see what we can do. So we got through that game, got through the next game, through the next game, through the next game. We're like, oh, hold on a minute. We've got a chance here. Uh, so then it got to the, I think it was the quarterfinals and there was a few big teams left in. So we were sitting listening to the drawdown at Musselboro and oh, if we could avoid them and maybe get them, we'll maybe get through there. So we got, I'm sure we got Colburnie in the quarterfinal, beat them. So it was Boney, Sockenleck and us and Dalry. And you're thinking, oh, we want Dalry because then we'll get to the final. So we got Dalry. So we played them in the first game, beat them 1-0 at home. And then went through there the other week after for the second leg, and just as we're about to get off the bus, the Orange Walks went past the park. <laughs> so we were sitting on the bus. What's going on here? And everybody's with their drums and their flutes and everything. And oh no, get us out of here! And I think there must have been about a thousand people at that game that day. And thankfully, I think we, we drew. I think we drew one all. So that was us through two one, and that was it. It's just dreamland, really.
1: so okay what was I'll start again there uh, the the one thing I've noticed from the interviewing people from Musselburgh is that there's quite a a strong community spirit and a good kind of bonding around the around the club. What was it like for the community coming to like the junior Cup final was i mean is, was it was a big thing for the community as a whole as well
2: yeah, definitely. I think uh, pretty much all of Musselburgh was there uh, the year that I was in the final anyway um Obviously we lost, which is, was disappointing. But to see, to come out that um, tunnel, turn round, and obviously you line up, so you're looking over and muscle brother in the, the stand with the dugout. So you just turn round and it's pure blue, and it was that was incredible. And so, like you say, the community spirit was second to none. But then you turn round and you've got Leck and there's even more of them. <laughs> oh no!
0: But it's a uh... Musselburgh's support, uh, for our listeners that don't know, um, around the UK and, and around the world that listens to this. Uh, oh, it's, a very, it's a very uh, loyal support. They're very loyal to their town. So if, if, if Musselburgh do get to a cup final or something of like that, as Matt, you said, the whole town will go. It's, it's pretty much the same for a lot of those teams around the area as well. I know like Pennycook took like nearly 3,000 to Partick Thistle in the, in the yeah. Scottish Cup. The other season, um, Broxburn took two thousand, nearly to Saint Mirren. Mirren. You know, all these little, all these little towns, um, all these, especially the little mining towns and stuff like that um, around Midlothian and East Lothian, get cracking support for a big game and really do. It's, it's really, it's really ingrained into the community to to follow their team like that. Um, ah, it, means lot, it means a lot to the people. Oh, ah, definitely. Um, you can you can see it as well the way when I first went to watch Muscle, the way they talked about. I mean. I went, to, I went to the ship in and they, they were telling me and me and James about the, uh, about the Scottish Junior Cup finals and that. Yeah. And they'd only known us about 10 minutes and um, it was Matty and Alex, I think it was. And uh, they, they, oh. they were telling us all about it. You know, they're like, uh, good, good blokes. <laughs> uh, oh, Tell <laughs> telling, telling us all about it. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds good. And, you know, you can, you can just hear the passion in their voices, you know, for such a relatively small team uh, from a relatively small town. Matty, fun part of the show now, mate. It's a quick fire. Mm-hmm quick fire part it's oh, a say perfect. it out say it, say it how it is part of the show right just say it how sure you want this if, if, if you if you swear you swear we don't care right right, right okay. I'll, I'll start with a nice easy one for you right best player you've ever uh, been in the same side as uh, same side as at Mussey <sighs> I thought you were starting an
2: easy one <laughs> uh, um...
0: you're going to say yourself
2: <laughs> no no uh, I'd probably need to go for Chris King he's he's unbelievable Um, uh, he's lazy really really lazy but give him a football and you'll not get it back off him until he gives you it incredible he's, he's, he'd take a corner for the left with his left foot he'd go to the other side he'd run over and take it with his right foot It tough. he was just incredible
0: Chris King then Bob your yeah.
2: turn
1: uh, most, embar- most embarrassing moment?
2: Um, I don't really get embarrassed, to be honest, so, I don't know. I'll wait and see if I wouldn't say I've had one, to tell you the truth.
0: What about a teammate?
2: Oh, they're all embarrassing. <laughs> um... Oh, no. <laughs> N- nah, there's, <laughs> there's one story, but I don't think I can. In fact, right, no, I can Um Two seasons ago we were training at um Castle Castle Bray, Castle View. There's a there's an astro turf up there. And um so we just finished training and one of the boys, I don't know if he'd had a curry for dinner or what, but he needed a fart and his fart went a bit far. So <laughs> he was having to go home in one of the other boys' cars stinking. Um, <laughs> just a pair just a pair of shorts on, he had to throw his pants away.
0: Oh, my God. I'm not going to... Do you know what? I'm not going to get you... Yeah, yeah, go on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You horrible bugger. Uh, It begins with Brad and it ends with White.
0: Oh, not him. (laughs) Oh, yes, him. He's too innocent for that. Well, (laughs) maybe maybe that's what it was. It was a youth. (laughs) Oh, Brad. What have you done? What did you do? Nah. Nah. (laughs) Right funniest character over the years at Mussey and why? Give guess a, guess a good story here, mate. The funniest you've ever come across. I don't know how, could be how daft or bonkers or whatever they were, just or subtly funny. Because some, some people are just like, don't even know they're funny, but they are.
2: I'll go for John. He's just a bampot. McManus? Ah, uh, he's a bampot. He was... There would be new boys coming, so we'd be training at fisher this. I think this was just when Calvin had just came back, so we're at Fisher Row, and we were running around doing the warm up. So he'd see a wee fish lying in the middle of the pitch, so it's obviously <laughs> came for the the seagulls. I've for the sea and just dropped it. So he'd pick up. Here, watch us, watch us. One of the new boys, John was just putting his mouth and eat it. The, the new boys like, what's he doing? Is like, no, nah, nothing. Mate. He's just hungry. The boy, this, the new boys, almost broken. But John was, ah, that was lovely. That was lovely,
0: brilliant. Was lovely. <laughs> he would do it with anything, worms, anything. Nice. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> your turn, mate. Um Who's who's
1: the best away fans that you've come across? Whether that be for banter or going at you, or whoever that may be. Who, who are the best away fans you've come across? Um, I like going up
2: to nothing. Because obviously I went up there f- to play for a couple of years as well, and so they give me a bit of stick now. But when you score against them, they did not give you much stick. So I quite like going up there and getting the banter with them.
0: That's a New- Newton Grain star in it. Yeah, that's right. I. That's right. Yeah. Um. Right. I, w- I want to know this right because Bob's Bob's a season ticket holder at Edinburgh City, and I've uh, frequented a lot of Edinburgh City games in the past. What's uh? So he's interested in this. What's Brad Donaldson like? On a night out, and uh, I heard he's earned a bit of a nickname amongst you lot in the dressing room uh, a few years back. What was that nickname? Oh, I've, I I heard he's called Big Brad. Is that because he's taller than me, Brad? No. All right, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad on a night out, uh, quiet and reserved.
0: Yeah, I heard he was wild.
2: Ah, and then he starts drinking. <laughs> No, Brad's all right. Brad's Brad's no different. Drinking. I mean, he's not. To be honest, he's he's non-stop. He's ah, he's a really good guy. He'll he'll get in your face and just have a good laugh at you, To be honest, it
0: ah, seems like a good laugh.
2: Bob, your turn, pal. Uh,
1: who's got the worst banter or the worst dress set?
0: That would be
2: Brad White again. The wee man's taking a pound in the night. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Ah, he wears his mom's trainers. <laughs> nah,
0: he's that's definitely him. Has to be Brad. Dress wise as well, yeah. Both banter and yeah. dress, but, but yeah. oh god, double whammy. Absolutely Jesus,
2: not
0: hundred bit right? Um, right. Dressing room tough guy. Who wouldn't you like to bump into down a dark alley if you didn't know them already? I've got this guy. I've got. I've got a name in my head here, Matty. Right. I think I know who you're going to say. I want you to prove me wrong. Are you thinking past or present? Present.
2: All oh, right. If you're thinking present, you, are you thinking Jono? Nah. No.
0: No? Nah. No. That's
2: the harder than our team. No? Nah.
0: Past? Nah. What about in the past?
2: The past would be Chris Gray.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris Gray. I remember him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's
2: what I thought you might be thinking of. He's, but again, such a nice guy. Just... As soon as he's on a football pitch, she's just an
0: absolute madman. <laughs> do you know? What I was thinking uh, thinking Dick. of uh, Deco Kane. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a bit of a though, He looks like an he can handle himself. He's not got any hair. <laughs> I don't remember you called me. But yeah. What is it with you and people with no hair? I remember being in the ship in once. You having your little Christmas do in there, and you were shouting "Baldy" to me as I was walking to the bog.
2: Hi, I never called you Baldy, Baldy.
0: <laughs> and then there was um, Matty, you're the record goalscorer uh, at Olive Bank. Uh, legend down there. How long left, mate? How long How long you got left? Do you, you reckon you can go on to 40? <laughs> uh,
2: I, I'll try. <laughs> I don't know. I'll see how the body is. It's, it's kind of... Well, obviously with the knee, it's been... The knee's been sore since then and just stiff and what have you, but no sore enough to stop playing, but until that gives up,
0: I'll not give up. I don't think. Good need stuff. Get the, need good the house, eh? Uh, yeah, exactly, mate. Um, so you're only as old as you feel, as they say. Yeah, and I feel a bit fifty-six. Well, that's uh, that's uh, that's
2: promising. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I'll be so somewhat slightly more serious. Obviously, you, you know, you've been through the the full time, the part time, for the juniors. And now you've moved into the pyramid. Well, how has it been moving from the junior to the pyramid? Has it been a massive difference? Do you think it's a good thing? Uh, how do you see it going?
2: It seems a lot more structured than juniors was. Um, when, the first, well, sorry, when I first started in juniors, you wouldn't know who you were playing from week to week. And even that only changed laterally. Like, I think it was the season before, maybe two seasons before we left, you'd get your fixtures. But even then, it wouldn't be a season's worth. Whereas now, with East of Scotland, we're getting a season's worth. So we know when, who we're playing, when we're playing them. And it's it's a lot more structured. And it's would it's a step forward, definitely. There's a chance for the club to progress. Where that will be, who knows. But the way things are going, they want to go as far as they can. Which, for what they're saying, they're talking about leagues and stuff. But the first step will obviously be the Lowland League. And the boys that are there now will be trying their best to get there this season if we can.
0: Do you prefer the juniors because it's a complete separate entity to the pyramid or do you prefer being part of the pyramid now and uh, there being no glass ceiling where no matter how many you know as before in the juniors you can win a league every season at a canter and, and, and not progress anywhere but now like you can keep going forward you know what I mean? So do you do you, do you prefer that or did you like the the Juniors with a separate NC of you know going to the junior cup and, and playing in front of that junior cup final, sorry, and playing in front of potential playing in front of thousands at Rugby Park, etc., which uh doesn't which can't happen now, obviously. But yeah. so, do, do you prefer the East of Scotland League or do you prefer to the juniors? What is what was better? I'd say I
2: prefer it now. Um, it's moved forward a lot, so yeah, definitely the East of Scotland going forward. Like you say, you can progress, you can. If you're good enough, you'll get there. If not, then obviously you won't. So you'll find your level. But yeah, I'd, I'd say the East to Scotland.
0: Definitely. Um, and that's why that's why all the clubs have moved over. To be honest, I, yeah, I, I I didn't think that'd ever go through. I thought that a load of clubs would like stay put and think, no, we're not gonna not gonna join the sort of not rat race. It's a bit harsh, but um, that route up to the the league where it's such a bottleneck from the Lowland League up, but. Yeah. everyone everyone's taken a plunge and it's a, the east of scotland's really competitive really really competitive when it never really used to be to be honest it never used to be that competitive you get one team one in a way with it and they'll go up to the Lone league and maybe bounce yeah. back down up and down and stuff like that but now it's just like there's so many teams there that can go up to that have got the potential to go up to the lowland and then then go on even further it's it's unreal so it's really made it it's made it better for fans and and players as well to have that that natural progression in place Finally, yeah, Matty, yeah. What, what's uh, what's Geordie like to play under? Where can you and I, I know you just spoke about it with with Bob on what they, the management and uh, or the board wants. Sorry, where can you see this team that you're playing with now? The group of guys that you're surrounded by in a couple of years' time, um, with all the improvements as well that have happened at, at the club uh, off the field. Geordie's been great. I um, uh, really good.
2: He's he loves his coaching so. He's going to give it his all every time he steps onto the, the training pitch. Never mind in the games, but nah, he loves it. So it's, it's been really good. And pff, progression-wise, the team we've got is a lot of really, really good players. We just need to come together, get the bit dig about us, and try and win games on like, Friday night where pff, we needed more We needed more fight, I think. So we, need, we just need to come
0: together. Yeah, I think I watched the game on Friday night, and um, you know I'm not going to put anyone down. So what I think happened was uh, I think that you're all a bit surprised at how Hutchie came out the traps in the first 20 minutes, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I think you guys were a bit caught off guard, to be honest, yeah, by it, and how and how good they were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they've just yeah. come up, haven't they? From um, yeah, our conference. Sure, yeah. And, um, and I didn't I didn't expect the way they started at all. I thought I thought it'd be, it'd be three four. 3 4 0 to Musselburgh, but you know, I think if it caught everyone by we surprise and people would turn around and thinking, hang on a minute, oh, right, we're in a game now, do you know what I mean? Uh, and, um, definitely, but yep. you know, it's, it's this thing's happening, it's non league football. Um, mm-hmm. a, a guy, a guy we interviewed in the other week, Steve Harold from a Tootin and Mitchum fan, he, he was he said to us that you know, football for fans anyway, not players, but fans, it's 99% misery, <laughs> especially in <Yeah>. non
2: league.
0: <laughs> so, right. you, know, you know, you win some, you lose some, mate. Bob. Anything else to ask, Matthew this evening before we?
1: Yeah, wrap I was going to ask. Well, we're talking about the juniors and the pyramid and all this kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There seems to be, obviously, there's been some rather high-profile signings uh, in the Lowland League in Western Scotland and whatnot. Yep. Uh, obviously, it's of that's going to come down to money, but there seems to be a lot more kind of players moving to part-time football rather than playing full-time football in Scotland. Is that just simply because of money or is it because the opportunities aren't there? Why do you think they're seeing more and more kind of
2: filtering down lower into the pyramid? I'm not actually sure. The money, the money situation probably does is an aspect for the people, but I obviously can't speak for the folk that have done it. But looking from the outside in, it, the money seems why they've done it. But with the teams that have done it, they are wanting to progress. So they're spending the money for a reason so and I, f- I felt I felt for the team who've done it the most last season kelty who are very forward thinking and probably should have got their chance to go up last year
0: yeah definitely um I'm still very bitter about the way that it all turned out last yeah. season to be honest um uh, was it was it kelty and bonnie rig wasn't it um yeah, uh, should, yeah. I know mean, yeah. oh, kelty and Brora. sorry it's kelty and, and Brora, Brora, wasn't it
2: but even, um, then, even the league that Kelty were in with Bonny, like Bonniereg still had a chance of winning that league. So again, you, you need to feel for them as well because they might have pipped Kelty, you never know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I just feel for clubs at that level that have worked so hard, especially spent so much money and the community coming together off the field to make yes. ground improvements, uh, you know. Definitely. So so their ground gradings up to scratch and so they can get into that level just to be told, oh, sorry guys, we're finishing the season early. Um, this is yeah. how things are voted even though they didn't get a vote because they're not in the SPFL, which right. is mm-hmm. absolutely beyond me. Number um, one sort of thing it was, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Um, we we we've, we've, we went into this on our, one of our football shows about uh, about why, but mm. uh, I'm not going to go too much into it now. <laughs> so uh, I think I think you know as well, mate. Um, guys, if you ever want to see Matty in action and uh, a very progressive club in action when fans are allowed back in. <laughs> um, Oh, can I ask a question on that? Well, while, while we're here, me. Yes.
1: What, yes. What? 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 This might sound a little bit silly, but how much difference does it make having fans there for you guys? Because obviously, you you see it for like big grounds, and there's always loads of fans, and obviously, it kind of gets smaller as you go. Does it make a massive difference to you to to use a player if you can hear the fans, or if you can't, or especially if you hear? not so nice things coming for the stands. <laughs> um, does it make a massive difference the fact that you're not going to be playing in front of fans just on a footballing level?
2: To me personally it doesn't um, because you can't, I kind of block out really. I'm old enough and daft enough to no listen to the shouts or listen to the shouts and talk back to them and have banter. But um, it might affect the younger ones a bit more who will take these things to heart and no be happy with an old guy 60, 65 saying, oh you're F and this and you're F and that. But it's just water off the ducks back to people of my age sort of thing. So no, nah, for me of having fans there's brilliant and it's it's how the clubs exist, but
0: it's it doesn't make me perform any better or any worse. That's my fault I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, cho- I'm choking to get back in. Absolutely choking. And when we do get back in, guys want a beer. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, go down, I didn't go there for the beer. No, nah, nah, I'm joking now. Nah. Um, no, nah, I'm just choking to get back in. I'm choking. I am choking to get into the bar. I'm not going to lie. That's, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie at all. But people that have never been to a game at Olive Bank, you want to see Matt, you want to see a progressive team, a, progress- a progressive club try and get up the leagues and, and, and follow their journey. Olive Bank, it's uh, not far from Edinburgh City Centre. You get there's buses that take you there. There's a train station at Musselburgh. It's only a 10, 15 minute walk from the train station. Buses, a couple of uh, two-minute walk from the bus stop. All go from Edinburgh City Centre if you're from out of town and, and not from not from here or you're coming up here for a, a holiday or a weekend or whatever. Give Musselburgh a chance, you know. Give Come and support players like Matty or good, honest footballers that uh, play well for their local community and uh, want to do well. Non-league football is where it's at, folks. Guys, Matty, Musselburgh legend, Thank you so much for coming on tonight and giving us your time, mate. I know no you're busy. I know, I, know, I know you are at training earlier as well. Um, and you've you, you got a busy schedule as well, mate. You've got family and all sorts. So, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. No bother at all. Bob, again, thank you, mate. And I'll see you for our football show this week at some point, whenever we can be asked to record it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
1: hopefully in a couple of days' time that Judy doesn't spot me too much. Uh, just like to say thanks to Matty for coming on. It was
0: uh, it was quite enjoyable there. Cheers, mate. Definitely. Um, again, I'm going to thank Carl Cleghorn for sponsoring the show. Carl, you've been absolutely amazing to us. Um, can't, I, I honestly can't thank you enough for your for your kindness, mate. Seriously, guys, we're on all the platforms: Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Please give us a listen as and when you can. There's, you know, there's no rush. Just, just give us a listen as when you can. We're on Twitter, at Cathedral underscore Sport. If you've got any comments about tonight's show or want to ask Matty a question that I can ping over to him, um, just ask it man, and I'll, uh, I'll ping it over to him. So Cathedral, at Cathedral, sorry, underscore Sport. We're Cathedral Sport on Facebook as well. Our football show is coming up back this week. It's been sponsored by the 1934 Club. Again, the Muscle Brath Lake. What a, what, a, what a community club, eh? They're so, you know... They're so good to us, honestly, so good to us. This week as well, we've got a bare knuckle boxer, a well, former bare knuckle boxer, on Gary, the Governor Furby, won the UK bare knuckle boxing championship once upon a time, the Roy Shaw title, which is massive in the bare knuckle boxing world, and earned the title of the, of the governor. Um, he'll be coming on to tell his his story, uh, Big Geordie. He's got a book coming out as well, Lord of Windy Nook, and he's also starring in a in a film, so he's going to tell us all about that. Next week, we've got Fulham fans, Fulham super fan, I should say, Paul McElvenna coming on. He'll be coming on to tell us his story and some funny stories as well about following Fulham all around Europe. Guys, if you want to sponsor a show, just get in touch with us for for all our channels. Again, Twitter, at Cathedral underscore Sport, or DM us on uh, Facebook or whatever. PayPal, you can donate to us, uh, paypal.me forward slash Cathedral Sport. If you want to donate anything towards our content, keeps us going, and hopefully one day we'll realise our dream of going visual. So we can interview people like Matty and you can watch it on your TV. Oh, we... do want to see that. <laughs> 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 oh, Christ. We might have John McManus on TV. Oh, what about th- that? Either. What about that? No, no, no. no yeah. No. <laughs> what about that? Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Keep listening. Stay safe. Cheers, guys.